Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to it. Um, so wonderful to have you in my company for the next hour uh, and I in your company, of course, on the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. I'm Nikki Seberini. I'm with you until one o'clock. And we have such an interesting show lined up for you today. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day in Joburg. We've had so much rain, so the bit of sun is so welcome. And so uh, any interesting topic um, where we get to explore, where we get to look at um, the, the burdens that people deal with every day, the tools that they use to overcome them, um, that's what we really talk about. And of course, through people's individual stories. So our first guest today, we're crossing all the way. We're shooting forward in time. And you may go, well, how is that possible? Well, I'll tell you how, because I'm going to be interviewing uh, El Elma um, all the way in Queensland, Australia. And it's already 8 p.m. there. So we are moving ahead in time, which is quite wonderful. Um, and Elle is going to be sharing her story. She is an author. Um, she is a counselor and she's written an incredible book called Becoming Soul. And this after loss in her personal life, which she's going to be sharing with us. Now she had these insights and talking a lot about the soul. And I, I'm so interested in that. I, I really can't wait to speak to Elle about that. And then we're going to be looking at the psychological aspect of that. Unkululeko Benedict Mklongo, or otherwise known as Dr. Better. Um, we're going to be talking about finding a spiritual approach to death and morning. So it's a, it's a show where you're going to be opening your mind. You're going to maybe hearing things you've heard before, maybe things you haven't heard before, stuff you believe in or don't, but uh, an open mind is required for the next hour. And uh, I'm certainly opening my mind and my heart and looking forward to what we have to hear. So let me first introduce our first guest, El Elma. Um, El, welcome. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's lovely. So, Elle, you're an author, but before writing um, your book, Becoming Soul, you for over 30 years, you've worked as a counsellor um, and you've helped people and families with disabilities. Perhaps you can just share with our audience a little bit about your your experience. Yes, I've um, worked with a lot of uh, traumatised uh, children and, and adults through my counselling career and then towards the end I became involved in disabilities and the loss and the grief that it is to families and to the people that have the disability and um, yes yeah, so I really uh, followed into grief and loss as as a therapy that I was mainly seeing uh, clients like that. Hmm. That is, um, I'm sure, incredibly rewarding work, but must be quite difficult to deal with. How do you, Elle, when you're helping people, first of all, through trauma, then the disabilities and grief and loss, how do you maintain your equilibrium when you're surrounded by all of that? Um, well, actually, there's disabilities in our family. And um, so it cuts quite, right to the core. Right. Um, so I was learning as much as I was teaching, which seems to be the way of things in life. You, you, uh, as you're learning, you, you tend to be teaching the same thing. So, um, yes, it was, it was a very heavy, it could be a very heavy, uh, experience. 
um, but you start to see them as people, not not a disabled person, but as a, a person with a disability, especially an intellectual disability. And um, you you see them first and foremost as a person that has the same issues that we all have. They're, they're not exempt from any issue. They, they could come from broken families. They could have lost a, a loved one. Any Anything that can come up for us will come up for uh, a person with a disability. And it's, um, yeah, learning how they process um, as we pr- try to process it's extremely difficult for them to try and understand and process. Hence, I sort of moved into a spiritual setting um, to well, get there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, right. Sorry, I, I, I was just saying that I know that, and I'm so sorry that you recently faced your own grief um, in losing your daughter to cancer. That's right, um, yes. Is this what precipitated the writing of the book or were you already writing the book? No, it precipitated. <laughs> it was, um, it's a journey. It's, um, it's been seven years now. And, uh, over that period of time, I've gone through many, um, stages of grief, if you like. Um, and I expressed it in writing. And, um, yeah, I, I reached out to my soul because I was really, had been really opened to uh, to a deeper, deeper core than I've ever been in my life. So you know that this show, the DR Link show, we focus on cancer. The DR Link is an incredible organization, L, that helps people in the community, supporting them spiritually and emotionally and just being for them and holding them like a, a family member or a friend who really understands what they're going through would. Um, and so we often have cancer warriors and we often say goodbye to the cancer warriors who have passed on. And so the, there is the, the celebration and there is the grief that we carry through in this show as well, Al. Um, and so we really appreciate you coming onto the show and, and sharing, you know, your story about your daughter and, and, and the writing of the book and how you're saying, you know, finding the soul, the deepening into that has helped you with the process. Perhaps you can just, we, we are going to take a break in, in just a moment. Um, we're going to take an ad break. After the ad break, perhaps you can just talk to that, Al. Maybe, you know, how, how how did all of a sudden it become from a grieving the loss of a daughter to a, a spiritual journey? We're going to take a quick break, and, and after that, we're going to come right back to you. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the DL Link Show. My guest, El Elmer, is uh, speaking to us all the way from Queensland in Australia, 8 p.m. in the evening it is. Um, and uh, El, just before the break, um, I was talking about the loss of your daughter and how was it that you were drawn to more of a spiritual approach in helping you with your healing? Um, yes, it, I've always been spiritual. And I think the um, the counselling played right into it it was um learning through the disabilities um to connect deeper into a person um i think i used what i'd learned uh to go into the um long journey it was 
a couple of years before she passed. And um, I knew that there was something else that um, is at the end of the journey. Um, there was either going to be healing or there was going to be uh, she would pass. And um, so we stayed positive and we did all the all that we could. Um, and we decided as we went through that that we uh, put down everything negative. We would not talk about negative issues, negative things. And um, I used all my counselling skills, I guess, to, you know, change thought patterns and realise that um, all of that uh, assists when, you, when you're suffering. Right. And um, so we started this journey together and we decided we'd um, go deeper and then we realised what we were doing was pulling up our souls, if you like, and um, living in a totally different level of um, throughout the whole uh, grief process. Mind you, there were many times where um, we all went, both still went through everything that anyone would go through, but we tried to bring it back into a a, a more um, positive, if you like, um, journey. And we learnt a lot together. We um, used to talk about a lot what happens after, and so it was a very openness in our relationship that we could talk it through. And um, and I think writing the book helped me express it was all internal, but writing the book was like um, diving deep down into my soul, into like, like a diver would go down getting pearls and, and you, you're just looking for the, the, um, the oyster's teardrop is a pearl. And, and through the tears, I guess we found that, that pearl of wisdom, if you like, to, to stay on that. Um, spiritual path was a spiritual journey mm. and uh, writing the book helped me express that mm. wow Al. um gee there's just there's so much i want to discuss so so you you and your daughter were very much on this journey together um yes and you said you discussed what could happen after she had passed what was there fear and, and you said that you were very open about speaking about death had you always been or was it something that you decided and it was a step that you took because it's such an uncomfortable topic it's it's so difficult to go there when a person um is fighting um an illness um that could very well end in 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 the, losing their life yeah, I, I think staying positive. I mean, there were bad days, you know, I can't uh, deny that. And there were tears and there was, you know, emotions everywhere. Yeah. But the choice to come back to the level of um, believing um, there was something else in life, there, there was an afterlife. We believed that there was an afterlife. And, uh, you know, just, just as... In talk, you know, lightheartedness, I'd say, but this is not fair. You get to go there before I do. Mm. And it it was sort of like that, how we travelled it, you know. And um, so I, I guess there was this anticipation in that sense that, um, and I remember saying to her, I don't believe that you are more than your cancer. 
we we used to talk about that a lot. I said you 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 are spirit. You you uh, there is um, a time after this as it was getting closer and closer, and um, she accepted that well that mm. she she just wasn't her cancer, yeah. and uh, she was beyond. She had a consciousness, and that consciousness, I believe, lives on. And um, so we still connect at that level. And she went into a coma there at the end, and we were still connecting at that level. It was just a – and we've continued that, if you like. There's, there's, of course, I don't see her, and I, but I, I do hear her and I do feel her. So I believe the consciousness has lived on. And, and I believe that's that's our spirit or that's our soul. And that must be so comforting, Al. And um, so writing this all in a book must be, as you said, cathartic that you could put it down um, on paper. Also, to to write something about the soul, um, you know, becoming soul and discovering as you're writing. And not really knowing how people would receive it. Did any of that go through your head or was it just a matter of these are my insights and I need to get them down on paper? I, I did worry about how people would receive it, I guess. <laughs> um, it, it's because it's a very much a, a deep core expression. Um, and yeah. And, and then I, I think I, um, the book was published last February in 20 and, uh, cause COVID hit and everything got locked down and I, everything stopped all the marketing and it's only just being picked up now. And, um, so I've had that 12 months, if you like, to get used to the whole idea that, uh, it's out there and people are reading it and, um, they can make what, what they will of it. And that's fine by me. You know, it's just. It was just being able to, I felt a need to share um, the journey. It, it took us to another level. And um, as I said, so, nothing was. Mm. Yes. No, so, Elle, is it your story? Is it your and your daughter's story? Is it more fiction? Is it more nonfiction? Perhaps you can tell us a little bit more I- about becoming soul. Actually, it's all of it. <laughs> there's a bit okay. of fiction. There's a bit of non-fiction. Um, it's it's um, all mixed together, if you like. It's fanciful and it's it's true and it's sad and it's happy and um, yeah. I, I tried to not write it as a um, you know heaviness, if you like. There, it, it's certainly it's certainly. Um, sad in parts but I I didn't want that to be the main story I wanted it to people to feel the um well there's another way to look at things and and I think I learned that as a counselor it's it's counseling's all about change helping people change their thoughts and mm-hmm. if they want to of course um and it's just another effort to help people change the whole concept of Dying and losing a loved one and grieving and, and considering what else could be after that for them and for you. 
I hear you, Elle. So, so there is the bit of the story, but you are also imparting your insights and wisdom that you're hoping people will be able to use that could give them comfort if they're going through something similar. Yes, yes, yes. I do. Because Mm. you say we are not our bodies. We are Mm. our souls. Our Mm. consciousness lives on when we leave the earth through death. Mm. Um, And so for the person who's listening right now and perhaps they've lost a loved one or perhaps they're going through a a pretty difficult journey, how how do they have that insight? Um, And I know that's such a huge question, Al, such a huge question. But is it a little step? Is it a, you know, is this a long haul process? What what would you say to those who are very curious about that? We are not our bodies. We're our souls and our consciousness lives on when the earth, when we leave the earth. Um, I think it comes to us all. We we have um, times during the day where you will remember the loved one. Um, you might see someone that looks like that loved one. They are all little signs that that person is around you. And if you can make yourself conscious or aware that 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 soul, that person is still in your energy field and because they're connected there with love, the love doesn't disappear. The love between the people uh, the the lost one and the ones that are left behind. That love element is still connection, and they want to communicate. I believe as much as you want to be able to communicate. You just got to learn that you can't see them, you can't touch them, but they're there, and they'll come up in dreams. Um, they'll come up in memories when you're having a birthday or a, a celebration without them, and but. The, the, that presence that you feel is real. That's what I believe. Mm. And that's what keeps me going. Yeah. Mm. That, it, that I really haven't lost anything. I've, it's just different. And it's just, I've, different. It's yeah. just different. Yeah. Mm. That's, I think it's such an important line that you just said there. You know, it's just different. So the relationship, the love, the connection, the everything you had with your daughter is as it was, but it is just different. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Operating yeah. on another level in another plane. And also mm-hmm. I want to go that you said, Al, you know, for the person who is listening, you're not talking about skipping and laughing and not feeling anything. And if you, you know, if you are becoming soul or you find a spiritual approach, that it, it doesn't mean you don't hurt. Um, oh, yeah. Feeling the loss in this physical form is very, very real, right? Yeah. Yes, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and the I I couldn't handle that pain. That was half my problem. Um, I, I couldn't even accept that she wasn't there. I couldn't. I had to go through all the steps just as much. And uh, the more I tended to um, think that she wasn't around, the worse I got. So that it was better for me to think that um, she's there and she's communicating and and um, and I communicate back and I can live with that and I'm I'm comfortable with that. And and I do believe in an afterlife. Hmm. Okay. And so you talk about the steps. Um, you say becoming soul, seven steps to heaven. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have much longer, unfortunately, Elbert. Maybe you mm-hmm. can just quickly outline what those seven steps are. 
yeah, well, they're all the steps we all go through at any time during the life at different times. There's sometimes where we're silent. There's sometimes we're in hope. Uh, there's sometimes that we um, are suffering. And then there's sometimes where we have to survive that. And then we come to believing that we're, we're stronger than we thought we were. And we start connecting into our consciousness. And that's what the belief is about. And the next step is actually going to the fact that you start believing there is more to us than our bodies, that there is part of us that will continue on. And that we call that heaven, but we don't know what it is, but it's certainly some connection out there that we can stay connected with the person that's left and they can stay connected with you. So, and those, those times, uh, just keep rolling through life and can occur at any time. Even in, in, as young, as children, they still go through those silent times. They, their whole life as a child is silent and other people are speaking for them and they have to learn to speak for themselves and then they'll go through it. And this is what I realized even with the disabled, they will, they will still go through it. People with a disability will still go through these steps. And it was just sitting back and summing up my career that I could see people had all different issues, but there were seven things that they were still going through. I could sit down and draw, draw a little mind map and shoot out seven things that were common to everybody. Mm. Mm. So and that's what I write about, about. Yeah, and I'm thinking about people just dealing with the changes in the past year. Um, Ellen, mm. had to be really open to change. And I sometimes wonder, you know, if you don't have, a, 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 I don't know, some kind of spiritual approach of knowing that there's a bigger picture, a greater order, whatever it is, it, it makes it a lot more difficult. Like the spiritual side seems to give more meaning and, um, yeah. Yeah. Swing so, through through what could be very trying times. Sorry, El, you were saying something. I interrupted no, you. No, I was just going to say suffering can take you into that, yeah. into that awareness, and you open up and you start realizing, um, you know, people can't cope. Some people can't cope, and it's too big. That's okay. Our greatest gift has been the gift of choice, and we can choose whether we go through this. Um, this way or that way. And it's usually suffering that comes in and opens the doors. Yeah. And it's like in 2020, it was dead. There was just so much of it worldwide. The whole world seemed to be uh, being opened and they can start seeing the, the nature again and sitting with their families and they're talking and they're turning off the shows and the, uh, they, they started to connect. And that's what I'm talking about. You start connecting back to your humanity. Mm. Well, Elle, thank you. Thank you for, first of all, staying up for us. Thank you for coming <laughs> onto the show. Thank you for writing this book, um, Becoming Soul and putting your soul on the papers and um, your story and your insights. And, um, yes, Becoming Soul, um, Seven Steps to Heaven. Very quickly, because we do have to say goodbye. Are there, is it available in South Africa? Do you know? Well, you can get it on Amazon. That, okay. That's pretty much, yeah. There and and okay. um, on my website, becomingsoulalma.com. All right, Al. Thank you so much, Al. Thank no you for problems. your time. We so appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been Take a pleasure. Care. Thank you, Thank Al. you.
Thank you. El Elmer, um, as I said, El has been a counselor for 30 years, um, looking at trauma, dealing with trauma, disabilities, and losing her own daughter to cancer and um, writing the book, Becoming Souls, Seven Steps to Heaven. And unfortunately, I haven't read it, but it sounds fascinating. And Elle says it is available on uh, Amazon. Um, we will be taking a break just now, an ad break, but I would like to just quickly introduce our next best guest before we do stop, because we're going to be looking at a psychological approach to to mourning um, and uh, how, how it is we deal with that. So very quickly, I would like to welcome Nkululeko Benedict Mklongo. He's um, also known as Dr. Better, um, and he's the resident psychologist on YFM. He continues to make numerous television appearances where he is socially referred to doc- as Dr. Better. Um, so welcome, Benedict. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hey, Nick, and good afternoon to the listeners as well. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful having you. Um, I don't know how much of that interview you heard, Benedict, um, but uh, Elle um, lost her daughter to cancer. She, as, as I've said, she's been a counselor for many, many years, helping people with trauma and disabilities and talking about And She's written this book called Becoming Soul and talking about the spiritual approach that we're not our bodies, that we are a soul, that we carry on. And she, the comfort she has gotten, there's this connectedness with her daughter because the, the consciousness is always there as a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to delve into that a little bit when dealing with grief, when dealing with challenging uh, issues. W- what do you have to say about that, Benedict? Yeah, I did actually get a uh, glimpse of the interview. Amazing, amazing lady and great book, actually, even though I haven't read it, but it's actually, it, it sounds very appetizing. And yeah, when it comes to, sorry, the morning part or the spiritual part, or even maybe let's just put it in the psychological element, it's a very difficult one to handle because more often than not, it's not the actual person that we meet. It's not the actual person that we are mourning or grieving in the essence of them actually having lost or having actually escaped to the universe. It's just the actual responsibility that the person inhabited. The fact that Nikki is no more around, she used to do this. So therefore there's an absence in terms of our own Nikki is no more. So for we constantly, going to be reminded of that so it's just that element that is normal there that actually forms part of us actually feeling praised or feeling said okay so that's quite interesting benedict so so you're saying that uh, maybe just unpack that a little bit more we're going to take a break unpack that a little bit more so you saying that that this person has passed and it's the fact that we feel their presence no longer there in terms of the space they took up almost like the piece of the puzzle is missing um, and, and I want to see, yeah, you know, the actual person. Let, let, let's unpack that a little bit more. A quick break. Please stay with us. We, we're going to be right back. Magician done. Face painting done. Soccer party done. Tired of the same old party entertainment for your kids year on year? Be the first to offer something different and exclusive to better any party you've had before. With Mikolo's new sushi making party, kids can learn the art of designing their very own special sushi creation while they sip a delicious shake on our new obstacle jungle gym and climbing walls. It's the perfect party at the perfect place. Bring the family and have fun by eating the best pizza in town. Mikolo's. 
Postnet Glen Hazel is your convenient one-stop shop for all your small office requirements. We offer the following services. Copy and print in color in black and white. Wide format printing on paper or canvas of pictures, plans and posters, business cards and flyers, IDs and regular photos for passport and visas, international and local courier service with DHL, binding and laminating services. Pop in and see how we can help you. Postnet Glen Hazel. Hi FM 101.9 megahertz of life. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you have just joined us, we're having such an interesting conversation um, on the show today. I'm having, uh, I've got Nkululeko Benedict Mklongo on the line. Um, and we were just talking about death and dealing with mourning. And so Benedict, just before the break, I was saying, I was, I was saying, let's unpack what you had said a little bit more. So is it kind of like the piece of the puzzle is missing and it always feels like the, the, the puzzle um, is 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 not complete. Definitely, definitely. For instance, in the case where we all work in a corporate, and then somebody say maybe somebody gets another post somewhere else, or the person resigns, it's easy to actually you know replace that. But for instance, now looking in a family setting, what's more prevalent in this country for say child-headed families, when the breadwinners actually pass away. We normally get to see that in terms of their lack of responsibilities that actually is in the household. They used to provide, they used to give this. We used to feel very much secure. We used to feel like at home, home was at home when this person was alive. So that now that they're normal, we're starting to see the cracks. Families are actually going apart. Things are actually not actually seeming or going the way they should be. So it's the element of the person being present that is the actual issue underlying your death. Benedict, you're breaking up. I'm going to try again. Um, thank you for that. So let me move on because I didn't get just the, the end of that, but I'm going to move oh. on, Benedict, because when it comes to, um, psychology counseling, someone comes to you, they've lost someone there in mourning. Um, so Elle's talking about the, the, the spiritual approach. As a psychologist, um, can you bring in the spiritual approach? Are there set steps that you take? How do you merge the two? How do you, how do you approach it? Uh, that's a, that's actually an interesting one because at times we work from a very holistic type of approach where even ourselves at times are not even aware of the fact that we're utilizing or borrowing certain concepts from different school of thoughts. But for instance, involving a spiritual element, normally patients would actually choose. I want somebody who has a Christian background or not. But putting that in terms of psychology, we have what we call the stages of grief as well where the person is going through all those stages in between, but also involving the spiritual element to say that the person might not be there at at, at, at that particular time, but I have a process also in terms of when I'm healing or assisting a person with bereavement, it's just actually called another way of saying hello. So whenever they hear a song, whenever they pass somewhere that they used to actually uh, share memories with that person, whether it's actually a restaurant or favorite song or favorite car, and then the person feels very much depressed and sad, and then it actually takes them back to maybe my partner's no more, maybe my brother, maybe my mother or my sister. So that for me is just actually, I empower them by telling them that is just actually another way of saying hello, mm. which also is a spiritual element to say that you are not alone. I'm still here looking up. It's just that you might actually now be communicating differently or you might not actually see me. But the fact that you are thinking of me and actually, you know, putting me in your thoughts and prayers, it means I'm still actually very much a part of your life. What do you say to people who come to you who 
don't believe that, who believe that when you die, you're dead, and that's the end of that, and they, it's that kind of that piece of the puzzle that's missing, and there's no connection with this person afterwards, and they're dealing with this intense grief of this almost nothingness. H- how do you deal with that? Uh, uh, unfortunately, for instance, anger tends to be the first thing that we feel when we start to realize emotions related yeah. to the actual loss. This yeah. can leave you feeling, for instance, isolated in the experience and perceived as an un- unapproachable by others in moments when you could benefit from comfort, connection, and reassurance. So anger in its own essence is actually a secondary emotion. And the primary emotion that person is feeling is actually pain. So what I normally do is that I tap into that pain as opposed to actually acknowledging the anger. I just tap into that pain because the pain is a primary emotion. But if the pain is not actually uh, processed or actually expressed, it turns into that anger where the person is just smashing things, where it's actually now turned into it very unhealthy, where relationship broken, isolation, uh, no connection, and that lead into other elements or other disorders and for instance, depression, because you're now isolating yourself more. People are having that boundary of not actually getting a hold of you. So in terms of that, and person, whenever a person is angry, they don't tend to actually take anything the other person that is saying. But as I mentioned, it's very important at that time to get to the pain and just to tell the person that it's okay. It's quite normal how you express it. It's actually very much, but there's another way of actually expressing this, which is us tapping into the pain. I see, I see. Okay. So, so the, the particular steps that you take, I'm, I'm just, um, you know, appealing to an audience who some believe in the spiritual, believe in the soul, others who are, you know, dealing with a very raw loss. And so you're saying you, you, as a psychologist, you would go through those very definite stages, anger being one, but you would then focus on the pain, which is lies just underneath that anger. What other, what other stages are there, um, that you can share with our audience, the, the, the other stages of mourning, Benedict? Mm, oh, definitely. Actually, the first one being actually denial. This is where no person's actually passed away. It's normally accompanied by a lot of shock, a lot of trauma, and a lot of emotional pain. As to say that this can't be true, I was with him yesterday, this person is actually quite strong. You can't tell me that collapsed and passed away. But that's the most fundamental stage that the person actually experienced whenever they've heard that there's actually a loss that has actually occurred. Follow it, the second one, actually anger. You're now actually feeling a lot of anger towards you saying, but as much as there is the reality actually kicking in to say the person is normal but you're still feeling like you're still feeling very angry like okay god is actually not real god is not actually there so the spiritual life there's all there's going to be some conflict around that why would you do this to me why would you do this to this person who was actually loving to the community very much active and then we have at that stage which is called bargaining this is where the person now speaks to a higher power any divine power that the person can actually see that maybe they can assist because they feel very much powerless, much mm. helplessness. This is all about God. If you can heal me, if you can make my family better, if you can take us through this, therefore God, I promise I'm going to be you, uh, uh, devoted to you and commit. And then the other one, which is the fourth one, being depression. So now I'm actually saying that the Lord is not doing anything. The Lord is not assisting me. The Lord is really, really taking this person. So the person to actually know what as the sadness actually grows, we even find ourselves uh, retreating, being less so, and reaching out uh, to others 
about what we are going through. Although this is very natural stage of grief, but dealing with the depression of a loved one can be extremely also very much isolating. And then the last one being a very important and a very fundamental one is acceptance. This is where we've come to actually accept, which is accompanied by, accompanied by sadness, regret, uh, can actually still be present as well. So here in terms of all the stages that I'm mentioning here in the kit is that there's no time limit to that. So okay. sometimes people rush the process and say, I'm fine, but there's no, this can actually take years. It can take months. It can take any type of elements because I mean, grief uh, or death in itself is traumatic. So therefore the subjective interpretations of how we come to understand that. Thank you for that. Wow. Okay. We're going to take a break. I'm, I'm going to come back to this. I've got a couple of questions. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for staying with us. We've got uh, such an interesting guest. We're having such an interesting discussion. We're talking about death. We're talking about mourning. Um, we were looking at a spiritual approach. And uh, right now I have Nkulule called Benedict Mklongo on the line. Um, and he is also known as Dr. Better um, by the public because he is the resident psychologist on YFM. And uh, Benedict's just been going through the stages of grief. Um, and Benedict, as you've said, there's no time. Time limit. It's different. It, it's a very subjective thing. How you mourn, how long it usually takes to move through the stages, and I'm sure you may go to the next stage and go back to anger, which was stage one or stage two. Definitely, you're right. It's a very important element to actually notice that. For instance, a person can actually find themselves in a stage where they feel like, okay, I've accepted. It's fine. Life goes on. I feel like I'm coping quite well, and then. There's going to be triggers of certain triggers as well. For instance, if the person passed by a motor, uh, sorry, uh, an accident, a motor vehicle accident per se, then this one time you might actually find yourself or see yourself almost having, you know, involved, being involved in one. And then this will also take you back to that. So now you've actually accepted that the person is one. Then you start thinking whether it's actually a person who's quite spiritual, cultural, they might even think that maybe the person is now actually calling out to me now. The person wants me to actually follow the anything. But there's still going to be triggers that is going to make a person move in between the stages of actually grief. So there's no one that you can, and you can also stay in denial for a very long time. But I'm sure that you've said time. I'm, I'm sure that the key to everything is time. And for everyone, it's different, right? But, but, but time yes, certainly it. heals. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Well, well, Benedict, um, I, I want to thank you so much for, for joining us today. Thank you for going through the different stages of grief. Thank you. I think we've, I've, I think we've really, you know, touched the surface. It's such a, a deep subject. There's so many layers to it and so many of our listeners have been there and going through, um, their own loss and loss on, on so many levels. So thank you for your insights and, uh, yeah, thank you for your time. It really has been a pleasure having you on the show today. No, thank you so much. Thank you so much for all the listeners that were listening in. And thank you for the wonderful invite as well. Man. Very important thank topic to discuss. It is very indeed. relevant one. Thank you. It is indeed. Benedict, thank you very much and do take care. Nkululeko Benedict Mkhlongo here on uh, 101.9 Chai FM on the DL Link show. So, 
You know, it is a it is a heavy topic, as Benedict says. It is an important topic. Um, this is the DL Link show. We talk about cancer. We have so many cancer warriors. We have so many people that we've had to say goodbye to. And then, of course, we have the corona. And then there's the the normal things that people are are, are passing away from. And it's there, and it's prevalent, and it's very much in our present state. And so we just thought to be able to open up and to be able to talk about it and how to deal with the grief and how to deal with the loss and ultimately um, as Benedict says it is so personal we all respond so differently to to loss um, and going through those stages but I am going to just give you those details again of El Elmer's uh, book um, looking for a, a more spiritual approach to it which gave her so much comfort after losing her daughter um, so that is um, yes becoming soul seven steps to heaven so El Elmer is spelled E-L and then it's A-L-M-A. Um, and thank you so much. And I really hope that, um, you know, it had some resonance for you, um, maybe gave you some things to think about, maybe some comfort, or maybe it's left you with a lot more questions. Um, but if it stirred something, I'm hoping we can shift you in the right direction to, to get comfort or to get answers. Um, you know, we, the, the DL Link community is just incredible. They come together time and time again, supporting the DL Link, supporting the warriors and doing beautiful things. So this week, the most beautiful cupcakes were donated by Julie Levy, um, which she so lovingly decorated. And these gorgeous cupcakes, of course, were sent out to all the warriors who are connected to the DL Link. And, of course, we had incredible response. And uh, Meriden Liebman um, said, thank you for my thoughtful and delicious gift. I felt so nurtured and special. Such fine words of upliftment. May you all be blessed with love, hope, and good health. Love, Marilyn. But we also do have a quick little soundbite. We're going to play that for you. Thank you all for my thoughtful and delicious gift. I feel so nurtured and special. Such fine words of upliftment. May you all be blessed with love, hope and good health. Love, Marilyn. Thank you so much, Marilyn. That's exactly what I read out. That's, um, yeah. So, so thank you very much to Julie Levy for making those beautiful cakes, um, those cupcakes so we could send them out. And thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you for your time. I hope that you have enjoyed the show. Thank you to the producers for putting it together. Thank you, Craig, for driving. Um, do take care. Have a good week. For me, Nikki Severini, we've come to the end of my, uh, of the show. Do take care and goodbye. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.